Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read to you the first couple of verses of Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. Here in this passage, Paul is writing about family relations. He's writing about how it is that believing families should look. And understand that if we are to look the way that Paul lays out in the Scriptures, we would truly stand out. We would look different. We would shine for Jesus Christ. People would look at us and they'd say, what in the world is going on with them? We would look so different if we would practice the things that the Bible lays out for us. We truly would look different. And we'd look different in every aspect of life because it's not just the family that he's talking about in this passage, before and after. He's talking about life in general and it covers about everything that goes on that we are told that we ought to look and act differently. We need to understand that as the Bible teaches, the closer we get to the return of Christ, the closer we get to the end times, sin and rebellion will increase and increase and increase and it will gain acceptance. It'll be the thing that people think is the norm after a while. So believers living biblical lives will really stick out so here in Ephesians chapter 6, we have a foundational, vitally important truth, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, so that you may live long on the earth. The basic command here is that children should obey their parents. This is what the Bible lays out. It's said in other places. And it says, for this is right. This is the right thing to do in the Lord. The, the Lord has laid it out, and he has said, this is the order. This is what life at home should look like, and children should obey their parents. The second, part, the second verse in chapter 6, it, it goes back to the Old Testament. That's where this is taken from, honor your father and your mother. Then it adds this interesting little phrase, which is the first commandment with a promise. So this particular commandment from the Ten Commandments comes with a promise. This there's something added to this. If you'll follow this particular command, there's something that is going to be added to your life because God's promises are, are certain and true. The promise is this, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Why this command and this promise? Well, certainly one of the things that is going on here is that the Lord is wanting us to understand the value and the importance of the family and the parent-child relationship. He wants us to understand how important it is that we do what we're supposed to be doing within the family because that is a picture of the broader picture of God and the Son and, and all that goes on with his family, with us as believers. There is part of that, certainly. But here's the real issue that is going on in verse 3. It is learning to follow and honor and deal with authority. That's the deal. Parents and children are the relationship that starts at the earliest of stages, obviously. We have an opportunity to begin to teach our children. Children have an opportunity to begin to learn about their parents. And there's that opportunity of honoring your father and your mother. And there's that opportunity of learning to deal with authority from the very first day of life forever. We need to learn to deal with authority. We 
all of us are raised in a a family-type structure and have that opportunity to learn that authority at a young age so that life will go well with us as we leave that family structure and we go out into the world because we're going to learn about authority with our parents. That's going to serve us well as we're introduced to teachers. That's going to serve us well as we deal with different adults. That's going to serve us well as we interact with coaches. That's going to help us a lot as we have bosses in our life. Later on, that's going to help us when we are introduced to the police. That's going to help us a lot if we're part of the military. And it's going to serve us incredibly well as we live in a society with laws. The bottom line here is that we will always, 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 always have an authority figure in our life. And the Bible is saying if you can learn to to deal with that authority figure in a proper way as children with your parents, you will know how to deal with authority every step of the way from that moment until the moment you die because that's how long you have authority figures over you in your life on this earth. So the Bible is saying, here is a principle for life, and if you learn this principle, life will go well with you. You will find that things will go well, and when things go well with you, you find that you are healthier than when things don't go well with you, and you have all sorts of problems and burdens in your life by following the authority figures in your life, no matter what they may be. It's the way it is in the family, it's the way it is in society, and it's the way it is in church. Not only will all society fall apart without authority being followed, anarchy comes after that, doesn't it? If we don't follow authority in our life, in our society, anarchy certainly follows. And let's be honest, there's a lot of anarchy going on in a lot of homes in our world today. Anarchy is nothing more than a state of disorder due to an absence or a non-recognition of authority or other controlling issues. Anarchy is everywhere. Without a clear system of authority, life falls apart. And the Bible lays out authority for every single area of life. And in fact, the Bible lays out the authority that needs to take place in the church, that if it doesn't take place, we fall apart. The system that's laid out in the church is a system of pastor, elders, deacons, church leadership. We are not going to debate the nuances of those three terms this morning, pastor, elder, deacons. Rather, we're going to do what the author of Hebrews does, and we're just going to use the word leaders, church leaders leaders. Submission in the church allows the church to shine for God and to stand out as a unique and holy and special place. And it allows for a smooth and beneficial body life. Let's go to the text we want to study this morning, which is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Now, I want to say this. As we look at this verse, I want to say that Areola Bible Church gets this. They do an incredible job of living this verse out. We do this well. We have done this well forever. 
long before I got here, and I believe this church will do this well long after I am gone from here. But I believe that it's a worthwhile verse for us to spend a little time in to make sure that we all understand it, we all see the big picture, we embrace this command, and we practice it properly so that we are shining for Jesus Christ in a unique way. Okay? Because this is a verse that is very easy for us to just kind of glance over and move on, and yet it is incredibly important. God uses church leaders to do his work. Under shepherds to the great shepherd. In Acts chapter 14, it says that Paul appointed elders in every church that they established. In Titus chapter 1, Paul says, go and, and appoint elders. He directed Titus to go and appoint elders. In Acts chapter 20, it says that the men who served as leaders were to feed and to lead the flock. And then here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? For they keep watch over your souls. The New Living Translation simply says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. Now, I don't want to scare those of us who are in spiritual leadership. And I, I, I certainly do not want to have people that are not leaders think, Well, I'll never be a leader my whole life because of this. I do want us all to consider the weight of this statement. It says that we are to obey our leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over our souls. Soul watching, it seems to me, is God's job. God should be the one that watches over the souls. But here, it says that leaders in churches are tasked with the responsibility of keeping watch over the souls of the flock. That's pretty serious stuff. That's, that's important. God says, I have representatives on the earth that I want to do my job for me. I want them to assist me, in effect. That's the beauty of being a believer, isn't it? Is that God regularly calls us alongside of us, and he says, I know this will stun you, but I want you to help me do my job. I want you to help me do this task. Would you please? I can do it all myself. I have the authority. I have the power. I can do it. But I want you to help me out. And believers have the privilege of then responding to God over and over again throughout their lives and saying, yes, Lord, I would be thrilled to serve with you. I would be thrilled to do that for you so that your task can be accomplished on this earth. That's exactly what's going on in, in this passage. God says, I want to raise up leaders who will help me with the shepherding of the sheep that belong to me. I want some men put in place who will watch over the souls of believers in local bodies. That's serious. Folks, I tell you that, that church leadership is a heavy task. It is a serious task. It is an eternal task. Soul watching is big stuff. Let me talk about a couple of the areas where soul watching matters. The first one is salvation. The first one is salvation. We as church leaders must absolutely be sure that salvation is front and center. If we're going to say we're a church, if we're going to say that we lead a church, the first order of business within that church is salvation or we are not a church. Salvation is first and foremost. And let's make sure that we understand that with what we do and what we're trying to accomplish here. We're not a club. We're not a social gathering. 
We're not even a group of people that get together just for fellowship, for the sake of fellowship every now and again. We are not an activity center. We're a church. We're the body of Jesus Christ. And the first issue of most importance is salvation. Everyone dies. And everyone will face God. And everyone will be judged. And the judgment is at that moment heaven or hell. And the difference is Jesus Christ. And we have always believed here at Areola Bible that we as leaders are not doing our job unless we make sure that salvation is a major part of what happens in this place. It's salvation. It's about Jesus Christ. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun and Jesus Christ stands as the difference. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we could know what it is that that great gift is. He said, I'll pay for the sin for you. And the Bible says that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins, that his shed blood covered our sins, that we are in his righteousness then, and that we get to be in heaven forever. It's salvation. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Are you saved? That's the first thing that somebody who is going to watch over somebody else's soul is going to be concerned about. If a believer is going to be entrusted with watching over somebody's soul, the first issue that they're going to be concerned about is, are you saved? Where is your soul going to live throughout all of eternity? And so you hear about that on a regular basis. And we make sure that whether it's Sunday school or vacation Bible school or Awana or youth group, whether it's the camp that we send you to, whether it's our Sunday school program, whether it's Bible studies, whether it's preaching, we make sure that salvation is the issue. You know what it... Most of you will be able to answer this question. Some of you will not be able to answer this question. Do, do you know what, what needs to happen for a person to be a member of Areola Bible Church? They need to sit down with me, and then they sit down with the rest of the elders, and they share their testimony, because the question it needs to be asked, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you believe what we're doing here? Do you believe in the doctrinal statement here? Do you believe in the direction that we're going? Are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. Tell us how you got saved. Explain your testimony. Just walk us through that process. How would you get saved? The reason for that is because we are guarding this place as people that are watching over the souls for God to make sure that people who say, I'm a member of Areola Bible Church, are on the same page, which is, we're saved. We know Jesus Christ as our Savior. The first and foremost thing is salvation. Are you saved? Are you saved? And for those of you who have been saved for a really long time and you sit in the pews and you think, really, enough, it's, we can never ask this question enough, so get used to it. Are you saved? Because it is the first thing we need to deal with over and over and over again. After that, this soul-watching thing comes down to, to guarding the flock. Guarding the flock. And in the book of Titus, we read this. If you want to flip over there real quick. Titus chapter 1. <clears throat> it says this. At the end of the list of qualifications for elders, it says in verse 9, holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. Watching over souls is making sure that we can teach properly, we can exhort using the word of God and we can refute those who come in with a teaching that is contrary to that and your leaders take that seriously 
and whether it be Sunday school material or whether it be Bible studies or whether it be philosophies, we watch over your souls with what comes into this place. We are the we make sure that the spiritual food that you receive is pure and it is worthwhile and it is food that will nourish and grow your soul. That's what leaders are doing here at Areola Bible as we watch over, we keep watch over your souls as under-shepherds to God. As the Bible lays out, the spiritual leaders of Areola Bible Church, specifically here for a little while, elders shepherd the flock, live as examples, refute those who contradict, teach and exhort, pray for the sick, support the weak. We mediate when we need to, and then especially for the deacons, we manage the church of God. We take care of life. We make the church work. We're watching out for your souls. Now go back to Hebrews 13 if you're not there. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. As those who will give an account. This is a sobering verse. This is a sobering phrase. In Sunday school, we've been studying Revelation for some time now, and we have been seeing over and over again that people will give an account to God, that believers will give an account to God for what they've done on this earth with the gifts that God has given them. Well, this verse then says spiritual leaders now have an extra accounting that awaits us. That awaits us. Our extra accounting as church leaders is, did you watch over the souls of those I gave you well? Did you do the thing I asked you to do? And again, this is serious business because this is the church. This is God's church. And in spite of what society teaches us, and in spite of what Christians sometimes struggle with, there's nothing more important than the church. The church. And it, it's, it's, it's the thing. And there are so many things that are, uh, that are competing for the attention of the church right now that we can't even count them all. But the church should be above all of them in its importance and significance because God has said this is such an important thing that those people that are in charge of it, I'm going to ask them to give an account one day of how they watched over the souls of those who were part of the church. That's a pretty important deal. This thing matters. This is extremely important. So the middle part of the verse talks about what it is that we as church leaders, we're keeping watch over the souls and we're going to have a count the first part of the verse, then, is what we want to look at next. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now we're turning our attention toward those who are non-leaders in the church. And the Bible says this, and keep in mind, when I started this, pastor, elder, deacon, we're not separating them. We're putting them all together and calling them leaders. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. The Bible says that what we who are not in church leadership ought to do for our church leaders is esteem them very highly and lift them up and to support them 
as much as we possibly can. Then it says that we should obey them and to submit to them. That is our responsibility as those who are not leaders. That's how we act to the leaders. That's what we do. We recognize that they're doing a task that God has asked them to do. We recognize that they're doing a serious task. We recognize that they're doing something that they're going to have to give an account for someday. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that we should appreciate those who are doing that. We should, we should appreciate those who have charge over us. We should esteem them very highly in love because of their efforts in working in the church to make the church what it ought to be for the glory of God. So I want to say this, that as a non-leader who is in a church, you can't just come and go and, and just assume that things are working out and never say to the people that are working hard to make it all happen, thank you. We appreciate you. You are doing some pretty neat things here, and we're so thankful that we have a church. You know, this morning we... We had to, you know, we had to make sure we turned the heat on because it was a little chilly in here, unfortunately, in the middle of June. But the reason why we could do that is because there are processes that take place whereby we can do that. Just like it happens in your home. The church leaders are the ones that are making sure all that happens. And we need to understand that, that there's a process here. Decisions. Let's talk about decisions for a while. Decisions that are made by the church leaders are never made without careful consideration and prayer. This is why we do what we do. This is why we have this policy. We've talked about it. We've prayed about it. We've studied it out. Our spiritual leaders always right? No, we are not. We know that. We get that. You get that. We're in error at times, and so what we do is we work all the more to try to get it right the next time and to do what we need to do so that we're leading the church properly and we're watching over God's flock in a right way. We understand that. But the call is clear. And the call is this in Hebrews. Obey and to submit to your church leaders. They have been given the task by God. Graciously follow them. Allow them to do as God has asked them to do. This simple thing cries out in our society, we are different. This simple aspect of submitting to church leaders cries out we're different in our society today, doesn't it? Because there's hardly anybody that is willing to submit to anything, it seems like, anymore. So when we as a church say, I'm willing to do that because God has laid that out for me, we are saying we are different the church is different, Jesus Christ is different, and he makes a difference in our life. It's something that we can do. Just as it cries out we're different in our families and in our society, it cries out we're different in the church as well. But I want you to notice the end of verse 17. Let them, that is the leaders, let them do this, that is lead, let the leaders lead with joy and not with grief. Because if the leaders don't lead with, with joy, rather the leaders are having to deal with grief, and the re reason why the leaders might have to deal with grief once in a while is because the people are not obeying them and following them and submitting to them properly, well, this would be unprofitable for you, it says. That's how that's laid out. Okay? It's an amazing little thing here. Spiritual non 
leaders have the blessing of making the spiritual leader's task a joyful one. Okay? Non-leaders have the task of making leader's task a joyful one. How is that? By encouraging them. By supporting them. By obeying them and following them. By rallying around them. By appreciating them. By being a part of their life. In a, rema- in, a, in a remarkable way. When you respond in obeying and submitting, it changes absolutely everything. Trust me when I say this. Way too often, stubborn and self-willed people rob spiritual leaders of their joy of leading. Way too often in the church of Jesus Christ. Failure by a congregation to obey and to submit brings grief It brings a burden. It brings sorrow to the leading that affects absolutely everything. The result of which is it becomes unprofitable for everyone. To do this right, everybody wins. Excuse me. When we do this right, everybody wins. This is a fascinating verse and a fascinating concept because it lays out the truth in the church that everyone plays a part. Everyone plays a part. Look at verse 17, okay? Let's just look at it. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Well, we know who that's talking about, and so now I know what I'm supposed to do. And it says, for they, that is the leaders, they keep watch over your souls as those who give an account. Oh, now I know who he's talking about? Well, Man, they got to talk to God about what they've done with me. And, 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 and then it says, let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. You want to enjoy church life? Obey and submit your leaders. <laughs> Support your leaders properly, and you'll find that church life is a whole lot better. Everyone plays a part. Everyone plays a part. I went through some things that the leaders are supposed to be doing biblically. Let me go through some things the congregation should be doing biblically. Appreciating your leaders, we read that. Obey and submit, we've read that. Support them. Follow their godly examples and pray for them. If you just do those things, you'll be doing quite the deal. Pray that they would have wisdom. Pray that they would have discernment. Pray that they would have insight. Let me tell you something that we've never really laid out before that is important for you to know, especially in these days. Have you noticed in the bulletin that that every time the elders and the deacons get together, it's, it's in the bulletin, that you'll open it up and you'll say on Monday, oh, there's an elders meeting. And then the next week you'll open the bulletin and on Monday it'll say there's, an, there's a deacons meeting. This really isn't in the bulletin so that the guys remember that there's a meeting. They're all grown up. They know there's a meeting. And they get a piece of paper generally that they take home with them that talks about the agenda for tomorrow night. They know they have a meeting. Do you know why it's really in the bulletin? So that you know that your leaders are doing something and you can pray for them. That's why it's in the bulletin. We want you to know, and we want you to pray. We want you to be a part of this process. We want you to understand that your leaders are actually doing things. When we put people in front of you that are leaders, we want you to know that your leaders are doing things. We think it's important that you understand that your leaders are leading, that they are doing what they're supposed to do, and then we ask you to do what you're supposed to do, and when everybody does their task that they're called to do, the church is a beautiful, beautiful, remarkable thing. And I can say that especially now they need your support and your prayer. Especially over these next few months, 
your leaders need you. As I step away, they need your encouragement and your support and your help and your prayers more now than they ever have. These are good men desiring to do God's work and to do it well. They're not perfect, but neither are you. And we need to support one another and be a part of one another in amazing ways. Your leaders have a huge task in front of them. Huge. Huge. And as God gives ABC a new pastor, this verse will even mean more. The Bible is so relevant and so important and so significant that how about that? Here we are on this verse at this time in the life of our church. Isn't that something? We all play a part, and it's all incredibly important for what God is doing. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Let's go forward and let's revel in the profit that God gives us because we're biblical people. Father, thank you so very much for the word and for the truth of it. Thank you that you lay things out so clearly for us that we can read it and understand it and know exactly how it applies. And Lord, thank you for Areola Bible Church that this is a church that down through the ages has practiced this verse incredibly well. And so Father, my prayer this morning is that we would just continue to do it. We wouldn't grow weary in doing the good and the right thing. We would continue to practice this verse and shine for Jesus Christ in this community. And we pray this in his name.